Welcome to Revolution Solution, providing you with solutions for your revolution to be a free person in an unfree world. Join us in our pursuit of sovereignty through permaculture, technology, and community. Revolution Solution. This is Jared the Permi Guy. Considering this to be the start of Season 3 of Revolution Solution, I'm going to begin digging into the fourth turning. Obviously that's not going to, not likely to comprise the entire third season, but since we are jumping into it, I wanted to, I don't know, call this the mark of something a bit different. Uh, so today I'm going to go into a bit of intro on the fourth turning and then next week should be talking to Jake from Childerberg and Tasting Anarchy fame, um, digging into some more depth in the fourth turning and some generational theory. So I just kind of want to lay the groundwork for anybody who is you know, largely unaware of the fourth turning and kind of the thesis that Strauss and Howe get into with the book. Um, uh, as far as plugs make sure and get those out in the front of the podcast this week uh, everything related to limited supply designs and revolution solution can be found at lsd.addybitty.tips of course that's in the show notes this is the premium lightning enabled tip tree designed by Josh the Renegade Butcher uh, if you want to have your own made just go to addybitty.tips and you can submit the form to Josh or find him on Telegram. Uh, I believe it's either Renegade Butcher or Liberty Meat Solutions. And he'll just give him the links you want put together and he'll get it handled for you. Um, you do also need to set up some sort of Ellen URL on the back end. Um, I believe I'm using Ellen Bits uh, for my back end Lightning Wallet. Um, not that it's mattered so far, I've just gotten a couple of test tips um, but as it grows you know hopefully uh, get some more testing into it and be able to play with the software as uh, I you know start getting some tips sent in uh, on that same sort of topic we've actually gotten a few little boosts from fountain podcast so that's nice to see um, you know it's still just 100 stats here and there um, but you know it's nice to see that there are people utilizing the functions of the app. So thank you guys for the boost. You know, maybe one day the sats are going to buy me a coffee or something. Who knows? Um, but I, I just appreciate the, uh, I can't think of the word, just the, the meaning behind the message. So thank you. <clears throat> uh, I guess further updates recently. I know I played them on the podcast. I put them on this feed. Uh, I was on... Scrambled University with Brian Norton, and then the following week I was on the Lots Project podcast with Brian Alexevich. Those are both really good conversations. I enjoyed them both a lot, and I expect I'll be doing a lot more with those guys here soon. Um, Brian's been somebody I've admired since 
or <laughs> should distinguish between the two Brian's. Brian Norton has been somebody I've I've admired since the first time I heard him on Jack's podcast, and Brian Alexovich was somebody that I heard about through Brian Norton all the time. But I just knew about like the hip camp thing that he does. It was like that doesn't really apply to me, so I, you know, kind of ignorantly didn't reach out or learn any more about him. Uh, but we connected at Self Reliance Festival, and he's just been you know, a real treat to have in my life. So I'm really glad that I finally made his acquaintance and you know, there's many great things to come. As we continue on the uh, adjacent topics, Brian Alexovich and I are doing a collaboration of sorts now, uh, chitees.co, that's C-H-I-T-E-E-S dot C-O. Um, if you have some sort of brand or content creation side hustle, whatever, and you want some custom merch made, uh, go and check out the, check out the website there and, and see what we've got set up. It's not officially launched yet, but we've done a design for Brian Norton for Scrambling University that we revealed to him earlier this week and got good feedback. I'm learning more graphic design tools as in, in the last week or so, I'm trying to increase my abilities and you know learn learn some different ways of going about design because um, I, I kind of just went into this cold um, I hadn't really done anything artistic in uh, 15 years before I started doing LSD in what was it, it would have been March or April of this year so um, just trying to actually put some some uh, intentionality behind it and learn to do things even better than I've been doing them. So I look forward to that. Um, and, you know, keep an eye out for the collaborations being posted up. We've got uh, a good handful of different folks from the community that we should, you know, we're expecting we'll be able to work with uh, here early on and kind of proof of concept and get the idea out there and hopefully gain some traction. If not, you know, we've just got a little bit of time invested in this. I've got a new friend out of it and it's pushed me to be on my game even better for designing and producing and everything like that. So it's been a good experience even if it dies right here. Um, and I think it's got the, the potential to, to really become something. So I'm looking forward to that. So into the meat of the show, um, the fourth turning. Subtitle, what these cycles of history tell us about America's next rendezvous with destiny. Um, Strauss and Howe have written a number of books kind of looking at generational demographics and the way that different generations on the whole um, deal with different adversity as it comes up. Um, this, this particular book, The Fourth Turning, uh, or at least the copy I have, was published in 1997. Um, so, you know, you got to think as we go through and talk about this, that it was 25 years ago that the book was published. Um, they've, they've been on the nose a bit for some of the predictions for what could happen with the, the current fourth turning that we're in. That's the, the cycle of history that they see us being in according to their, you know, it's not really the, the theory that they've built upon, we, we can say. Um, from reading the book and not knowing... Uh, the, the discussion that they've had around the, the theory or the model since the book was published. I had expected that 2001 
would have been the turning point from the third turning, which was going on through the 90s um, when the book was published. I would have expected that turn to the fourth turning would have been 9-11. Um, that's kind of the, the moment that almost everybody knows as a real generation-defining moment. Um, you know, there's, there's clearly lines when it's discussed of the people who were still in school too young to really understand what was going on and that was kind of a generational divider between being too young to understand what happened and being old enough to be somewhere, know somebody that was there, have lost somebody that was there, uh, and really just have that memory imprinted on you. Um, but in, in further discussion, one of the authors has pinpointed the financial crisis of 2008 as uh, what they consider to be the start of the current fourth turning. Um, so I guess I should back up a lot further. It's kind of all stream of consciousness here uh, and explain what the turnings even are. <clears throat> so from the start of the book, this is really the first few chapters, uh, Strauss and Howe go into a number of different ways at looking at history. Uh, many people view history just as linear, uh, more or less progress continues to increase, um, civilization continues to advance, you know, maybe there's uh, uh, an empire that ends up advancing too far and then it collapses and you, you kind of have to pick up the pieces, but more or less history is going up and to the right. Then, I think there was a second second one that I don't recall, but the, the model they stick on is kind of a cyclical view of history. They trace it from Elizabethan England in the 13 or 1400s and kind of find this predictable model of uh, basically each, each generation, and they lay out a generation as about 20 to 25 years. Um, four different periods of history that more or less repeat. You know, it's kind of the thing where the history doesn't repeat, but it often rhymes. Uh, so the first turning is the high. Um, it, they, they kind of all fit better together once, once you hear them all in a row. So we'll, we'll start with the high. So a high comes after a crisis. It's not really helpful to define something with, uh, with other unfamiliar terms in it. But a high is a, a period of basically institution building, um, kind of outward focus, trying to piece things back together after some calamity that has befallen the country or group of people that's being looked at. In this case, it starts in England and then, you know, as um, America is basically birthed, then they, they switch their, their following over to the United States. So the high is a, a time of kind of increasing codependence and a time of upbeat mood, conformity, and trust in institutions. Um, so it's kind of surprising to, to look at it that way after a crisis is typically an era of crumbling institutions, but basically somebody comes in and picks up the pieces and re-inspires that trust. So following a high comes in, oh, I guess I should also say, this is considered basically the spring of the year, if we think about it like the four seasons of a typical, you know, a year outside the tropics. 
So the second turning is an awakening, which is, you know, kind of as the name implies from, from recent history, from like the 70s. Um, an era of increased spirituality and also rebellion. So this could be, you know, a time like uh, the Great Awakening, some of the, the awakenings that have happened in the Americas. You know, it's not surprising they all have the awakening label attached to them and they come every roughly 80 to 100 years. So that that's like the, the summer of the year if we're if we're looking at the saculum like a year um, it's a time where things are growing well you've already laid you've planted the seeds gotten all of your infrastructure established and now this is a time of kind of thriving and you know also as gardeners will know kind of a, a time of a lot of work being required to keep up with things you got to pick out what's not growing well and kind of nurture the good stuff to continue growing. So following the awakening comes an unraveling. This is a point at which institutions become distrusted and individualism is strong. So this is the time that basically the, the way that they look at it, the most recent unraveling era was kind of late 80s to early 2000s, you know, centering around the 90s, the culture wars kind of era. Um, that I'm sure many of us have heard a lot about in the last 10 years still. Um, but, it, you know, it's <clears throat> many of us can attest that distrust in all sorts of institutions is increasing even now in the crisis era. So the, the winter of the year is the crisis. Um, and this is a, a period in which a revolution of some sort occurs and the old order is destroyed. So this can mean a lot of things, and Strauss and Howe are very careful with throughout the book to make clear that this is not, you know, it's not a, just a, a single cycle that continues over and over. I'm trying to think of some better ways to put it. But basically, as you come to a crisis, you've got to look back at how the previous three turnings of the same saculum have gone to kind of predict ways that the crisis could unfold. And the crisis doesn't necessarily have to have a negative ending. It could end with, you know, the, the evil king's head removed and the people coming together to build something great in, it, in his place. Um, you just kind of give a more mythological example, because we don't technically have a king here. Um, so a, a new order emerges during the high that follows the crisis, and the four turnings repeat themselves in the same order. This model has more or less remained predictable, while the, the different cycles can vary in length from you know, as little as 15 years to as much as 28, 30 years. Um, so you never know exactly where things are going to fall. Um, but it's continued this way for, what, six, seven hundred years now pretty predictably. The only time that Strauss and Howe note a deviation is around the Civil War. They say that the Civil War didn't produce a hero generation. So the, I want to say the third and fourth turning were basically smashed together and I don't, I, I believe they don't consider the unraveling to have occurred. I'd have to brush up on that. And I'll also take this time to mention that uh, Professor CJ of the Dangerous History Podcast did a really good explanation of everything I'm getting into here. So if you're already tired of 
my rambling and inability to to keep things succinct here. Um, <laughs> I say inability to keep things succinct. CJ's episode is two hours long on the topic, um, but it's episode 140 of the Dangerous History podcast. Thoughts on cyclical history and generations. He does a really good job and clearly has an outline and is a lot more of a professional at this than I am. Um, so, for for a, a deeper introduction, definitely check that episode out. So, along with the four turnings, um, they also keep track of generations, basically with the same time markers. So, your your generation is basically defined as at what stage of life you were when the most recent crisis occurred. So they, they treat generations, you know, a lot of, a lot of times you'll see generations in more like a 10-year bracket, but they treat it in like that 20-ish year bracket. Uh, and you know, the, the edges are always going to be fuzzy because, you know, one day to the next is not a big difference, but there's, there's some range where you can clearly tell someone's in one generation and not the other. Um, so from the generations and the way that they coincide with the different turnings, you get four different generational archetypes. So those that are born during the high are considered the prophets. Nomads are born during an awakening. Heroes are born during the unraveling. And artists are born during a crisis. Um, I'm not going to dig further into those just at the moment. Um, but just have them in mind for, for when Jake and I kind of get a, a bit deeper into this. So, uh, as, as I said previously, Strauss and Howe kind of consider 2008's financial crisis to be the start of the current crisis era. And knowing that they typically last you know, somewhere between 15 and 30 years, usually around the 20-year mark, we can kind of anticipate that the crisis will continue until about 2029. Um, and I've heard... I can't recall. I think it's Neil Howe is the, the author that's still living. I think I've heard him say about that date. Um, so it's, it's kind of funny. Um, you know, our good buddy Mike the Polymath recently put out Hey Duke 2029, kind of centering shortly after the big blackout, the great blackout has taken place. And I had initially, just in my head, having read the book, expected that the, the timeline was a bit late because my feeling from reading it was that probably 2001 was the start of the current crisis, but Mike was, he was more prescient than I was um, with less familiarity with the, the material. He had, a, he had a better feel on kind of when things would get out of the crisis. Uh, so that was you know, just kind of interesting side note there. Uh, he, was, he was on it with that one. So 2029. Um, we can, I'm sure that most of us can feel tensions have escalated for a number of years now. Um, you know, a, a, a decent boiling point to look at is the 2016 election. There was a lot of animosity um, and feelings that, depending on who you voted for, people were irredeemably different. Um, and, and that just continues on. Uh, the 2020 was even more so, in spite of the two candidates being a lot more similar. Um, tensions and uh, kind of, I guess, not ideological, just political division are continuing to rise 
So from here, we can see, you know, it's almost like a, think of it like a, a hero's journey in a story where you've got the, the rising action up to a climax and then kind of a fall off from there. The, the climax could be considered the end of the crisis. And that doesn't, nece doesn't necessarily mean, you know, just like a hero's journey, it, a hero's journey has a good outcome. There's some sort of learning experience that happens in that climax and you come out of the other side better. So typically, um, a society at large is going to come out better after the crisis. And it, it, you know, it's almost definitionally so. Uh, because whatever led to the crisis situation is going to be killed off, die off on its own, be um, kind of removed from the society in one way or another, just removed from the halls of power, and something different is going to take its place. Something that was you know, probably not necessarily the antithesis of what led to the crisis, but just some people are going to be looking for something different. They're going to look for um, an, an alternative to whatever led to the situation, obviously. Um, so, like, Professor CJ in the episode I referenced previously said that, you know, from from somebody not plugged into, you know, the, the kind of mindset that the U.S. government's all-knowing all and always has our best interests at heart, um, looking at the Civil War, either outcome, the North or South winning, could have been considered a resolution to the crisis and a continuing of the cycles because, you know, whoever wins is going to feel kind of vindicated over the whole situation and fall into the cycle again with a high following that, kind of rebuilding things, trust is returned. Um, for the the majority, because you know, likely the the majority would be on the side that won. Um, so it's just something interesting to think about. So, kind of keep losing my train of thought here. Coming back to our current crisis, we've seen tensions escalate. We've seen a lot of nastiness um, in the last few years, especially since 2020. Um, from here, it could continue to get worse. It could be a full bio-digital prison um, or it could be that enough people kind of understand the, the the prison walls being built around them and fight back and then we have you know obviously it's going to be negative for somebody it could be positive for the common man where they kind of band together and and rise up and throw off the chains that have been put on them it's it's a possibility um, when you're looking at such vast swaths of people obviously you're not looking at the individual um, individuals in these different turnings could have completely different life situations going on um, Strauss and Howe aren't looking at it at that minute of a detail they're looking at you know large groups of people how averages kind of deal with the situations so um, coming out of a, a crisis the the feeling is going to be mostly positive for you know, the largest group of people. Um, I don't know. I think I'm going to leave it with that for now. Clearly I didn't have an outline coming into this. I just wanted to get some, some thoughts out there to lay the groundwork for next week's conversation and make sure that I had something to put out and keep in touch with everybody this week. Um, you know, give me some feedback. 
uh, if you want me to dig a bit deeper into any of the ideas or see about going deep into one of the recent turnings or something like that to kind of see how things changed before and after, I'd be completely open to that. Um, I may also try and see if we can get Professor CJ on to discuss the ideas here. Um, I've got a decent amount of people in mind uh, to talk to about the different ideas um, and also kind of the Strong Towns thesis um, from Chuck Marone. Uh, I know Jake feels like that could be a good antidote to the crisis situation that we find ourselves in. Uh, and I, My buddy Andy feels the same um, in spite of people just kind of having a gut feeling against the idea because they, they don't hear what it is. They just hear towns and then you know have an allergy an, an allergic reaction and leave it at that they don't actually listen to the substance um, so I definitely want to give that uh, give an ear to that and give it a shot and see see what what the ideas are and kind of dig into what they could mean um, also while we're on the topic Strauss and Howe kind of point out some sort of a catalyst that the hero generation kind of picks up and becomes the turning point where it's just, I guess, to, to put it kind of simply, something that ends up leading out of the crisis, something that leads into that high, um, kind of a, a guiding star as things keep getting worse to for, for individuals to look toward and begin building around once the crisis uh, uh, burns out, you know, whether, whether bright or dimly. Um, so a couple of those things that I have in mind I want to kick around with some more people. Um, I, I feel like there's two that I've identified that have been really transformative in the last, you know, 10 to 15 years. Um, that being podcasting, you know, the, the medium of which I am speaking to you. <laughs> Couldn't think of a better way to say that. Um, you know, as Jordan Peterson has identified a few years back, um, the, with podcasting and, and video content sharing platforms, um, the, the spoken word finally has the uh, broadcast and reach ability of the written word and more powerfully because you can easily listen to something while doing nearly anything else but you can't necessarily read while doing other things. Um, so it's got a lot of power to, you know, wake people up, put them to sleep, discuss ideas, just bullshit, whatever. It, it can be used in any way. Um, so it's a really interesting technology in that way. And I think it's going to be something that, looking back, once the crisis is over, I think that it will be one of the major catalysts that were, that are identified to help lead the way out. And then... Obviously, the, the other one's got to be Bitcoin. Um, just having one money that shows just by its continuous continuing existence how fucking corrupt everything else is. And I, I don't think I need to say more on that at the moment. Just it. Th there isn't a better example. As governments continue to, to print themselves into oblivion, spend themselves into oblivion, um, I just think it's going to be a, a clear light when we look back. Uh, and there's going to be a lot of 
I expect there will be a lot of wondering, how the fuck did we let them get away with this? Um, you know, maybe, maybe uh, <laughs> almost fed posted. We're not going to go there. Um, yes, well, while we're on the topic of Bitcoin, it continues to be on sale right now as uh, different cryptocurrencies and corrupt fuckers continue to do cryptocurrency and corrupt fucker things. So, you know, <laughs> uh, years ago was the best time to buy Bitcoin, but the second best time is today. Um, so get involved. Uh, reach out if you have any feedback. Want to ask any questions? You want to come on and talk about these different ideas? Um, I'd love to to talk to anybody about it. Honestly, um, sometimes I feel like I don't have the the on the fly ability to regurgitate things the way that I would like to. Uh, so it definitely helps having a co-pilot in conversations like this to keep them from being a, a monologue. Clearly, the monologue is. Uh, a very uh, unflexed muscle for me. Um, so I think I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, check the show notes for my tip tree, all of my socials, everything for Revolution Solution, everything for Limited Supply Designs can be found there. Uh, yeah, peace and love. <laughs>